Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. We are going to turn every every stone to make sure that we are going to make a sound decision for our organization. Um, I did think Justin got better. Um, I think he can lead this team. Um, but at the same time, there's a unique situation where I have to look and our staff has to look at everything. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to do. He said similar things last year, you know. No stone unturned, Yerk. An incredible position the Bears are in because of that trade. Incredible to have this top overall pick in back-to-back years. And a lot had to go right. You know, the Panthers obviously had to make the wrong choice at quarterback. And they had just a terrible year. Probably some infighting between the coach and the owner that led to the coach being dismissed when he was dismissed. Some injuries across that defense. A defense that I thought would have been better than it was this year. They just can't keep him healthy. They can't keep J.C. Horn on the field. And Burns missed some games again. There was a lot that went into it. But, hey, good for the Bears. And it's amazing the way it all worked out. And I did not think Carolina would finish with the worst record, Yurko. I really didn't. After ripping off, what, seven last year? Uh, Losing D.J. Moore certainly hurt them. There's no doubt about it. But I did not think they'd go from seven down to two. I did not see that coming. I thought Carolina would be a little better I, than that. I, I, I did thought they'd probably I, six I, or seven I never, games again. I never thought you'd be number one. Never. I never thought you'd be in a position again where you can trade down and get yourself another first-round pick next again. year. I think you can perpetually do that now that you put yourself in a position there because you can choose to trade with New England. Mm-hmm. You can choose to trade with the team that's right behind them that needs a quarterback. It's New England and who that are right it's, behind? It's Washington and, and New England. Yeah, you could choose to draft uh, trade with Washington. You could, right? You you can. They, all, choose. they both need quarterbacks, right? They all do. And all you got to do is say, "Well, three's coming up to one." Now you you've got to hope they both want Caleb Williams. You know, if one of those teams says, hey, "I don't mind if we get Drake May," that's not going to be a problem for us, right? Yeah, that's fine. One or two, we got them rated about equally. They're fine. We we don't have an issue here. Or if Jaden Daniels works his way into the lineup, and all of a sudden, hey, this is a guy that we think might be a little bit better. Either way, you're hoping that they like one guy and they want to jump each other. They want to secure the fact that they can get one. Can he pull a John Lynch and convince somebody that, hey, everybody and their brother's calling me, and this is the pick that they want? I mean, that's what Ryan Poles has got to be able to do. Right. Try to maximize whatever you can do. (laughs) Identify a quarterback you might want. Identify one of them. Rank them the way you're going to rank them in Chicago. And the, the way the Bears rank them might not necessarily be the way everybody ranks them. Right. Because it was obvious that Sean Payton didn't have Mitch Trubisky at number one. Uh, either did Andy Reid. It was yeah. obvious. Yes, it was very obvious. That who they thought the quarterbacks were. At, Brett least, Veach. at least two guys knew who yeah, it was. Brett Veach. They Sean. knew who the best quarterback was. The, the Saints and the Chiefs knew. And as long as they heard the rhetoric where everybody thought others were, they could sit back and they could lay low. And then try to pounce when well, they were going to pounce. Think about how well it worked out for the Chiefs. Yeah. Right? Because they were, what, 17th originally yeah. when they made the move up? Where yes. were they? Like 16th, 17th? Well, yeah, they were back there. Yeah. And it would have been impossible to go way up. And they kind of waited and they waited and they looked at the board and they realized, ooh, he's there. You think Andy probably knew he had to jump Sean, though, at that point, right? Yeah. He probably had an idea. Yeah. And he did. And the Saints knew at the minute it happened. They were getting ready to call Patrick Mahomes' name in New Orleans. And Andy Reid and Brett Veach swooped in, and the rest is history. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What's that? Sick. I'm trying to find out where Kansas was. I'm, I'm just I Kansas pulled up. The, I pulled up the 2017 draft. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, where were they originally, I wonder? Oh, where, that's where, what I'm trying to find. I've where, got to go to Wikipedia. Like, 13, 16, 17, maybe, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it'll tell like. me. It'll tell me that. And then it went up to 10. Oh, boy. And then you're looking at all the uh, all the guys that have made the Pro Bowl. Hey, at least we didn't get Corey Davis. Mm. Right? Fournette. Solomon Thomas. Did Solomon Thomas ever become nah, a player? he never really did. A lot of people liked him to the Bears. He never really did. Not at all. Yeah. I'm going down here a little bit further where they explain uh, in round one, Rams, Buffalo, Philly, Kansas City. Where's Kansas City? Yeah, I can look for it, too, in a minute, but I didn't know. Now, here it is. Yeah, where were they? Number 10, Buffalo, Kansas City. Buffalo traded a first-round selection to Kansas City in exchange for Kansas City's first and third selections, 27th and 91st, Sweet as well Lord. as a first-rounder in 28. So they moved up from 27. Wow. Holy cow. Remember, they made the playoffs with Alex Smith. They did. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I should have known they were farther back than 27. That's a good point. Yeah. They made a vault. Yep. How about that? They jumped. Okay, so uh, how do the Bears play this? How do they handle it? Thoughts on the press conference yesterday? If you listen, we played a lot of the sound. You can go back on the app and catch up. Make sure you've got the ESPN Chicago app. We played all the press conferences in their entirety yesterday here in your home for Bears football. We will cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie in an hour. Uh, we will have Todd Furman and McKnight at the movies this hour. Uh, Black and Abdallah on tonight, 7 until 8. That'll follow Bears Weekly when Waddle and Sylvie are done. Uh, the other big news yesterday amongst uh, all the, the craziness in the coaching world, you know, Pete Carroll out, Bill Belichick out, Nick Saban retires. Uh, Dan Lanning, I guess, has said he's comfortable at Oregon. Uh, that would have been my choice. If I, and I'm not an Alabama fan. I would have went after Dan Lanning. He coached there. Uh, he coached for Kirby for a long time. He already said thanks, but yeah, no so thanks. So he said thanks, but no thanks, huh? Yeah. Is that surprising at him, or is it like no. he's got such a sweet deal and Phil Knight loves him and... I mean, it's kind of his buyout's twenty million dollars. Wow! And even if he was Oof. flirting with Alabama last night, then you know they could go for the bag and say, "Hey, you know, whatever." Bruce Bruce Feldman was reporting that it's actually more than twenty. Wow. That twenty really? is reported, but he heard that it's way more because other teams were reaching out and wow. trying to find out no if he would have interest, and it's way more than twenty mil that's wow. been reported. Well, so then that's a big part of the problem, and maybe he's like super happy and comfortable there. You well, know, it's the Oregon. Deep, I mean, well, in the deep pockets or something. They're going I mean, to the Big Ten, but he's also an SEC guy. Like he coached there, you know. Oh, like know. he coached I'm for Kirby. I, he was my number one until oh, today. Yeah, right. When he said no. So I think- who is it, Sark? Uh- uh, Mike Norvell? I would really like Mike Norvell. I think he'd be really good. He already recruits the South. I think he. I mean, Florida State's great. You know, I they, think Norvell would be good. They probably should have been in the playoff if their quarterback was healthy, yeah. or if their backup was even healthy. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Kalen DeBoer, I've heard mm. from Washington a lot. There you go. So I think that would be... Uh, my only concern with Kalen DeBoer is that he's a West Coast guy right. by nature. Um, so I don't know. If that would uh, if that would work for Alabama, I think Norvell would be the best one. I think Norvell probably would because the connections to the South. I think you bring up a good point there. What a meteoric rise for Kalen uh, Kalen DeBoer. I mean, he was coaching uh, at Sioux Falls. Then he had a brief stopover at Southern Illinois, SIU. Guess where? Uh, Eastern Michigan. You know mm-hmm. these directional schools. Right. Then he gets the head job. Uh, I'm sorry, he went to Fresno State as a coordinator, spent a year at Indiana, then he gets the head job back at Fresno State in 2020. Two years at Fresno State, two years at Washington. And it's incredible, like, what he's, he's well, 104 play, 12 right, overall. You, you've got to play winning football. He's just really No impressive. matter where you go, you've got yeah. to play, you, you move yeah. when you win. He won three NAIA championships, And Jerk. then you go someplace else and you win with other guys' players. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So you've got to come in. You've got to evaluate. You've got yep. to figure out, maybe change guys and put them in different positions and try to get the best out of the individuals you have. Yeah. I mean, that's a real skill. Sioux Falls is, in, is an NAIA school. He won three championships there. Then the big boys started sniffing, or at least D1 programs started sniffing. Uh, like I said, I gave you the timeline. It's just a, It's been a very impressive rise over about the last 10 years for Kalen DeBoer, and that would be an interesting choice. I think Abdallah's probably right. Norvell, without, uh, with Dan Lanning saying thanks but no thanks, Norvell seems like he might be the, the most logical choice. That's a tough just job. Just no Dabo. Yeah, I don't think Dabo. Just no Dabo. I kind of agree with that. That's all I say. Just no Dabo. And everybody's, I don't think a lot of Dabo people are saying. Dabo is a Bama guy too, though, right? Dabo played at Bama? Dabo right? played at Bama. Yeah, yeah. he's. He sucks, though. Yeah, I'd probably. I, I'd rather have Norvell <laughs> over Dabo. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I would even. The, the other name that's been floated that, is uh, Marcus Freeman. Oh, really? Is that name has been floated, yeah. Wow. Boy, that'd be something. Tough job, man. What Saban did down there? Yeah, but they have to. You can't. I don't know if. Uh, yes, there's the. You never want to follow the greatest of all time. I get that. But also, like, they have a top. They've had the number two recruiting class the last like three, four years. They have the number two recruiting class right now. Like you come into if you if they hire a big enough fish like Norvell or like DeBoer, and all those guys end up staying, yeah. then you're pretty much set up. It's amazing what he built down there. I mean, their success. I was reading a, a I think it was like the ESPN.com article it was a pretty lengthy article when you like start compiling like the things he accomplished. All the you know I don't think he'd lost three games in a season since 2010. He has like 40 more wins or something against the AP Top 25 than anybody else in college football since 2007. 11 and 1 in SEC championship games. It's it's remarkable. I mean, like it really is an incredible run. Um, Do you think he just got sick of it? Like, is he sick of NIL and the recruiting and... I, uh, that's possible. Do you think he, and he's 72 and he's like, you yeah, know what? I just possible. can't do it what anymore. I, no, not that I can't. I, I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do the it. The way it's being done now, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, like the transfer portal you know, and For NIL. 68 years, I'm doing it one way, and all of a sudden now the, it's been thrown asunder. Yeah. He's been one of the biggest critics of it. Yes. He's been one that's complained. It's been nonstop. So at some point, you're just like, am I going to wake up today and bitch and moan about exactly everything I got to do today? Or do I just say, screw it? Right. Well, but that's what Take he was doing. That Pete, aside. Did you see Pete Thamel last night on SportsCenter? No. So Pete Thamel said that not only is this a shock to sports fans, it was a shock to everyone in the program because yesterday, not only did Saban partake in an SEC coaches meeting right. mm-hmm. that he was a part of where he was going after different things and he was upset with the way that things are being organized with the other conferences. And then he took part in interview meetings for assistance because they have like a wide receiver coach job open. I did read that. They have different yeah. jobs open. Yeah. He was a part in leading those meetings. And then later in the afternoon, he called the meeting and said, I'm, re- I'm retiring. And what Thamel was saying is that he's told him in the past, Saban's told Thamel, Thamel. in the past, that when he knows he's done, he's done, and he's just going to quit. Really? And that, so at some point yesterday, wow. he realized he looked outside, saw the birds chirping and nice he's weather down like, there out. in Tuscaloosa yeah, and done. said, you know what? I don't need this anymore. And, and listen, Unbelievable. I, I respect that so much more. <laughs> And listen, I didn't want him to retire. What, what about right? me? I'm Duke. Yeah. Oh, I have a retirement. I don't need to hear about his last what game against me? Tennessee and his last game against Auburn. But what about last me? I'm, I'm not a basketball I'm coach. I'm the greatest. I'm a I'm leader Duke. of men. Keep it with the football team. That's what it is. <laughs> Keep it on the football team. What? What's that? The the, the attention. Oh, yeah. Retired now because he, he, yes. he, he knew. 
He's doing this. He's doing that. He's doing that. He goes, Yurko's 100% right. Am I up for this crap? Right. Am I? Do I got another year of this BS? Because right. he, he no. also hates distractions. So, yeah. Yurko, you're right. Yeah. That would have been every week talking about how this is his last game against this team and yep. his last, yeah. you know, it would have been a complete circus and he hates distractions. Yeah, that's a good exactly. point. All right, let me ask you. What right. do what do Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll all have in common? Well, they we talked a little bit about it yesterday, like the weird way they've crossed paths nope. over their coaching career. Right, no, nope. that's not what I'm talking about. Pete Carroll, they're all in their seventies. No, yes, they've never been in my kitchen. No, two of them you know are this, and I just found this out about Pete Carroll. Two of them are Super Bowl winning. Coaches. They're all they're from Pisces. Croatian lineage. All from Croatia. The maternal grandmother. Um, is and grandfather from Shibanik, Croatia. Yes, of course. On uh, one side, Croatian, the other side, Irish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I got for you. I didn't know that, didn't you and know? Some uh... of the best coaches in the history of the world when it comes to football come from across the way with what? Croatian lineage. That's yes. right. You've got Dan here. Yeah. You heard it from me first. I'm glad. we No, I knew uh, Saban's real last name was Saban Ninovich. I don't know if you knew that. So. I don't know what it was. Well, doesn't make a was. difference. From you Shibinich. know what it is. Sibinich? No, Shibinich. Shibinich. Who else was from Shibinich? Uh You know who it is. The greatest three-point shooter of all time. Dino Ra- Oh, uh, it would have been uh, Peja Stojakovic. Yeah, no. Uh, Petrovic. Drazen? Yeah. Drazen wasn't the greatest three-point shooter of all time. You know who told me that? Who? Reggie Miller. Really? Reggie Miller. When? Yes. In an interview. What? In an interview. Boy, Drazen was He good. said Drazen Petrovic, period. They barely but even shot threes, threes back, back then. Let's go. We're talking Boy, football. Drazen was that. a 44% three-point shooter. You bet your sweet ass he was. Took to a game. Yeah, but that's back in the day they didn't fire. Young kids uh, don't know. He died way too young. Drazen Petrovic was phenomenal. Yep. It's too bad he died so young. He All died right. at 20. But Reggie Miller said that. I didn't say it. So who's... Who knows about three-point shooting? I'd take Reggie's advice. Reggie Miller's yeah. pretty damn good, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. Page has got to be up there, right? What? One of the great three-point shooters oh, yeah. of all time? Oh, yeah. I'm Reed is in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Reed. Reed. Hey, guys. Uh, good afternoon. Afternoon. How are y'all doing? Great. great. How are you? What's up? I'm doing well. Hey, got uh, one quick thing to say on the college front. I think Lane Kiffin could be a, uh, a front-runner name as well if there's a couple rejections for the Alabama the job. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. I don't if think they like him down turn there. It down, yeah. Lane Kiffin's name is going to rear He'd have to delete his Twitter account, and I don't, yeah. think he would, I don't think he would do that. <laughs> I also don't think Alabama would put up with the uh, the fourth downs on your own 20-yard line Might not. year in and year out. But uh, going back to the Bears' draft position and, and how there's you know the two and three picks are now needing quarterbacks i do like the idea of going and, and trying to make a trade with with either the uh, the patriots or the commanders and i uh, wanted to run something by and see what you what you guys thought is uh with all the money we have free agency wise and extra draft picks that we could get from trading the one pick and going down to two or three what do you think about drafting marvin harrison jr with the two or three pick if we were able to do it and then taking Roma Dunze at the number nine pick, pairing those two with DJ Moore, that's three insane weapons you give Fields. You try to get him on a decent contract. Daniel Jones kind of screwed up the contracts for quarterbacks, getting paid $45 million a year for mediocrity. But you sign Fields to a city-friendly deal, you take those two wide receivers in the first round, you go get some protection, whether it's free agency or later in the draft, 
and then you got Sweat on defense, and you go pair someone else up on the other side of him, and all of a sudden, defenses aren't going to know what to do with those three wide receivers and maybe really? keeping Mooney in at number four. Well, they'll always know what to do. They'll always figure something out, Reed. Uh, no, Justin Fields isn't taking any sort of city-friendly deal. It's not going to happen. Uh, quarterback markets aren't going to be reset for lower values for young quarterbacks. It's not going to happen. If you're going to keep Justin Fields beyond next year in the fifth-year option, you're talking about $40 million a year, period, end of story. Oh, at, least, at least. At least not, $40 million. If not more. Listen, Kirk Cousins wasn't the best quarterback when we went to Minnesota, no. and he signed the richest deal at quarterback history because he was a free agent. It ain't happening. And most quarterbacks don't come to free agency. Um, You're not getting hometown discounts anywhere. And now I've got two receivers going to be drafted oh, no, in the first course, round. Of course not. In the first nine picks? Are they going to throw themselves the football? Right. Can't, can't do it. You've Three got guys other... demanding the football. How the hell are you going to get the football? There's only one football. You know, basketball, when you warm up, you got three footballs. I mean, three basketballs, everybody can shoot. You only got one football. Yeah, it ain't happening. Uh, I wouldn't suggest it. I wouldn't recommend it. No. Uh, it's a big no. I love Roma Dunze. If you walk away with Roma Dunze, cool. If you walk away with Marvin Harrison Jr., great. But no, I'm not drafting two receivers. We got to get it out of our heads, people, the notion that, like, he needs more weapons or he needs this, he needs that. We gave you the list of receivers in Houston. Yeah, we he, gave you the list. The list of receivers in weapons. Green Bay. You need to get him the football. You, you guys got to stop. Yeah, and so like he needs he needs the, Brock the, Bowers the, and MJ. The argument, H, no, no, the argument or, is HJ. Sorry. The argument then the team made was okay. He needs a different scheme, so we're going to give him a different scheme. It's, right, you fired the offense coordinator. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So their answer is, we'll get you a different scheme, and with the different scheme, there can't be complaints about it. Now they plan on upgrading the wide receiver position. Okay. Upgrading the offensive line. Okay. You've been the number one and number four rushing team in the league. Okay? So you're fine wherever you're at there. You know what I hope uh, happens? What? Speaking of development, this is why you got to be careful when you see things in camp. Remember the player that a lot of us, I certainly talked about more than maybe anybody on the offensive side of the ball in camp? Chase Claypool. No, stop it. Tyler Scott. And this is why you got to be careful, and we say it a lot. We're like, I get it, it's camp, but man, it's sexy, and it's good, and the speed, and I love what I see. I didn't love what I saw in the regular season out of Tyler Scott. Drop what, three? Drop one walk-in touchdown, two in the end zone in the last three weeks alone? See, like I've heard, take Waddle's word for it, don't take mine. Waddle has said it. Seems to be some problem tracking the ball. Like, get that cleaned up. Yes, and Maybe where's like go get, get some contacts? Whatever they it is, check your eyes every single year in the NFL. What, you know that? Do they? Every year they check your eyes. Whatever it is, Yurko, you're getting a new wide receiver coach, right? Clean it up if you can. If you misevaluated, okay, that's another swing and miss. Maybe you misevaluated, but there seems to be some real trouble tracking the football. And don't you don't have to take my word. Like I said, listen to Waddle talk about him. There's a lot to like, and he blew us all away in training camp. But training camp don't matter a diddly squat at the end of the day. He blew, he, he blew you guys away. Yeah, yeah. I only watched the circus one day when it was supposed to be the hardest day they were going to have. Yeah, yeah. And I watched that practice that day, and I realized to myself, there's no reason to hurry out of Cherville, Indiana in the morning. You're going to watch one I practice. I will see you guys day. at the tent. Because what's going on here in the preseason is farcical. Farcical. I will not take my important, valuable time to watch what I consider to be joke of practices. And I know who agrees with me. 
I Tom don't... Thayer. Oh, Double I know. T. Thayer, please. Thayer agrees with me 1,000%. I didn't ex- I would. I would say this, so sorry to interrupt, Carver. No, uh, the best part about this stance from Yurko, if we can just uh, let our listeners in on the behind the scenes, was that, Yurko, I appreciate uh, your stance. I understand it. It's a waste of your time. But in that moment, the time that was being wasted from you on a nice summer day, you decided to go sit in the station vehicle yeah. with the air conditioning on, just sitting by yourself in the car, not talking to anyone, throwing a protest because you didn't want to go like mingle and watch practice. Like that to me is the funniest it, part. It, it is that really everyone hot, else is at camp. We're watching practice. We're talking to other people. We're on the sidelines. We're moving around. We're seeing all this stuff. And you're alone in the vehicle, the station vehicle, just sitting there when you're taking draws, in the AC. When Yurko draws a line in the sand, I know. that's it. But Carmen, like, isn't that the funniest aspect? Yeah. He was there. He was on the premises. Your time has already been wasted. And I walk back. But you're you're just throwing a protest. To be fair, it was really really hot. Yeah, but still, like two hours. You just sat there in the suburban. It was hilarious. I watched the first practice. Yeah, but after that, (laughs) I watched it. You threw a protest. After that, I would never walk to the practice field again. You're not coming to another one of these. First of all, not for nothing. In Alvit Nazarene, they had golf carts there for us. They did. Well, I mean, what the hell's going on? Listen, the big man's what, got no. Uh, what happened? Knees. <laughs> no, mean, what happened? Well, I don't know. They don't. Well, they got me parking down. I'm on the pay no mind list, like twelve places over. I know. They put me up in front, and I'm like, okay, am I going to walk another three miles to get to the training facility, or am I going to stop at our tent on the pulsating hot asphalt that they put us at? <laughs> well, all of this, I, I it, love it. It brings me back to. I mean, you can't have a crappier location than where they put us. Uh, okay. It's stuck. <laughs> all right. Don't worry about it. Here's I mean, what I'm I want. letting you know, Here's though. what I'm more worried about. We were all very giddy. A lot of us were over Tyler Scott and training camp. This is why it's just training camp. Let's try to fix that. If it's fixable, I hope it is. Because I think there's some real talent there. Especially, I mean, his look, his speed is what makes him so intriguing. I didn't expect 17 catches for a buck 68 and no touchdowns. And a costly fumble in one game. And at least three drop touchdowns. Didn't expect that. I didn't so, expect that either. Try to fix that. I didn't expect that either. And maybe he turns into another weapon for Justin Fields or whomever. You ready for McKnight at the movies? I'm ready for McKnight at the movies. I'm ready for my demands next year if we're going back to training <laughs> okay. camp. Let's play. I got those. The keys to Yurko going back to training camp this year. The, uh, I got those. Key number one. The, we better be able to see the practice from where we're doing our broadcast from. McKnight? Well, I don't know about that. Key number two. Key, Mc- key number two. A golf cart. It better be in the shade, baby. It better have an umbrella for him. Key number three. Key number three. Find me some golf carts. McKnight at the number four. McKnight at the movies today. The winner's going to get a four-pack of tickets to the Josh Abbott Band at Joe's on Weed on April 12th. Big time. So if you're a music fan, here we go. Here's your chance. We're going to play McKnight at the movies. You guys know how the, how this is done, I hope. If you're new to the program this year, well, welcome. We love McKnight at the movies. I'm 1-0 this year, Carl. Mark always 1-0. And we don't know the movies that Connor selects. We play along with you. I will say this. Good luck. Oh, wow. Tough one. Oh, no. I think it is. Okay. Okay. We're ready. First correct. Good luck. I hope you're not giving away a clue there. No, let's first correct caller. No, he's not. I know he's not. First correct caller wins 312 332 3776. Remember, it's a new year. Josh Abbott Band at Joe's on Weed April 12th. Remember, it's a new year, Carm. I know. So there's uh, really nothing the right that's one? giving us in the right direction. Yeah, here it is, McKnight at the Movies, part one. 
Our scene opens in a conference room, the executive type. Windows, 35th floor, bigwigs on one side and a lone man on the other. Despite the look of this outsider, he's commanding the room. The stuffed shirts on the other side of the table seem ready to toss our main. But there's something about him, a presence, that's holding their attention. The protagonist continues to make his case. He's in a tough spot. Whatever he's done to get to this point is on the verge of unraveling and fast. In his boldest move yet, he's admitting the truth, a hard truth. It's knocked the suits back a bit. Now our guy works to recover. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. You, oh, boy. I mean, the good kid's got a guess. Write it down. Oof. I'll say this. Uh, uh, YouTube and Twitch do not have it. I thought the same thing, but I don't think that's right, Yurko. But it's funny how we went to the same movie. Yeah, I went to the same Yurko movie. Yurko and I went to the same movie, but same I don't think movie. it's right. We don't think it's right. Maybe if we find out something about the actors. Let's find out. A bit on our actors. The main is an A-lister's A-lister. He took home an Oscar the other year. Might be tough to get a second. His son is in the movie, too. Not many big faces on the other side of the table. Homer Simpson, though, is one of them. There's a Westworld connection to this movie as well. One of the suits spent a beat on that set. Plus, although she's not in the scene, Maeve is in the movie. Mostly this film is about our main getting an Oscar nom some 15 years before he'd get his win. Oh, and, and, and well before the genie disaster. It's definitely not what we were thinking. Okay, Dan no. Castellaneta is in it. That's Homer Simpson, right? Dan Castellaneta. I don't know. No. no. Still don't see it on YouTube or Twitch. Wow. But we do have a winner on the phone lines. Okay. I know oh, that. Boy. All right, here's part three. You're going, I do not know this. Back to our scene. Our main, ragged as he looks, is putting on one heck of a show for the higher-ups. He's dedicated and earnest about getting this opportunity. He's overcoming the members-only jacket and paint splotches all over. He's making an appeal based on merit, not circumstance, to rise to the occasion. He'll get the job. His pursuit will be I worthwhile. Got it. It's a movie that transcends the spelling error in the title with an overwhelming, based-on-a-true-story, heartwarming quality. It's buoyed by the real-life father-son duo as well, which is not something you could say about After Earth. I got it. The uh, members-only jacket uh, was the key clue if that I needed. that's the title, I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, so it's pretty good, actually. The title. Yeah, that's it. Um, I got it. That, like, that members-only jacket, that was it. Gave it Let's away. Let's go to, where's our winner? Stenner in Ottawa, is that right? Okay. Stenner, what's the movie? Pursuit of Happiness. It is Will Smith's Pursuit of Happiness. Nicely done, Stenner. Sit tight. You're going to see... Uh, let's see, it's a four-pack of tickets to see the Josh Abbott Band. Joe's on weed on April 12th. Make your plans now. There we have it. Here is your reveal. I've been sitting out there for the last half hour trying to come up with a story that would explain my being here dressed like this. And, and I wanted to come up with a story that would demonstrate qualities that I'm sure you all admire here, like, like earnestness or diligence or team playing to something. And I couldn't think... Of anything. So the truth is, I was arrested for failure to pay parking tickets. Parking tickets? <laughs> and I ran all the way here from the, the Polk station, the police station. What were you doing before you were arrested? I was uh, painting my apartment. Is it dry now? <laughs> I hope so. Jay says you're pretty determined. Oh, he's been waiting outside the front of the building with some 40 pound gizmo for over a month. He said you're smart. I like to think so. And you want to learn this business? Yes, sir, I want to learn this business. Have you already started learning on your own? Absolutely. Jay. Yes, sir. 
many times have you seen Chris? Well, I don't know. One too many, apparently. Is he ever dressed like this? No. No. Jacket and tie. First in your class? In school? High school? Yes, sir. How many in the class? Uh, Twelve. It was a small town. <laughs> I'll say. But I was also first in my radar class in, in the Navy, and that was a class of 20. Can I say something? Um, I'm the type of person, if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you that I don't know. But I bet you what? I know how to find the answer, and I will find the answer. It's a nice feel-good movie, Pursuit of Happiness. It's a I, I, true I, I've story. seen it. I didn't think I yeah. saw it, but I've seen it, yes. <laughs> so when I was be... living in the bathroom yes. for a little bit. Chris, yeah. uh, Chris Gardner would go on to find uh, found a hedge fund, I believe, of his own and become a, a billionaire, I think, mm-hmm. or something crazy. It's, it's a pretty cool story. So there you go. There is McKnight at the movies. Congrats to Stenner. And uh, pursuit in the ha- per- the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness in the books. Coming up next, Todd Furman live in Vegas. Let's preview Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN One Thousand. We got a few weeks left where every Thursday we get to talk to one of the brightest gambling minds in the business, Todd Furman, live in Vegas. He is at Todd Furman on X. Make sure you check out his podcast, The Bet the Board Pod, wherever you get your pods with Payne Insider. We got 13 games left, boys. That's it. We're down to 13. Super Wild Card Weekend, where the dogs have barked in recent years. Since 2018, the dogs 16 and 10 against the number during the opening weekend of the playoffs. He joins us now in the Car X Tire and Auto Guest Hotline. Hello, Mr. Furman. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Hopefully you guys are doing better, even despite that lovely press conference that you got from the Bears brass yesterday that told us absolutely nothing mm. other than the fact they're back at square one trying to figure out how to make this organization relevant, knowing that the lovely rivals to the north have identified their franchise quarterback. Don't even start with us. Yeah, let's just focus on wildcard weekend. It was a <laughs> tough way to end the season, and... Yeah, let's hope they get it right. Uh, they haven't done that often. Maybe this time. Maybe they're due. So uh, I just hope we're not sitting here a year from now talking about, hey, who's the favorite to be the next Bears head coach? Hopefully that does not happen. But uh, a bevy of games to break down this weekend, six and all. Let's try to maybe touch on all of them. We could start with Browns-Texans. And it's always nice when you get a rematch, top because you've got a, a data point that you can go back to. But this is kind of like a weird one. Like, I mean, Davis Mills and Case Keenum played in that game a few weeks ago. Uh, when C.J. Stroud was in concussion protocol. Uh, uh, Jonathan Grenard got knocked out of that game. Will Anderson didn't play in that game. So how does that start to factor in the handicap when, yeah, we can go back and look and see Flacco and, and Amari Cooper lighting up the Texans, but the Texans were far from 100% in that game a few weeks ago. It's a great question, Carmen. That's the reason that you're seeing a full-on battle unfold in the betting market here, that every time this number even inches close to three, you see some of the value seekers grabbing that field goal with the Houston Texans. And the market, for the most part, now settled into that two range. When you look at that number and where it closed with the Browns on the road going against the pair of backup quarterbacks, they closed at more than a field goal favorite. But C.J. Stroud, a significant upgrade, most likely going to be offensive rookie of the year. And that's why this market is more or less in no man's land. Plus, you get a defensive mind 
suspended head coach in D'Amico Ryans that has a chance to atone mm. for what went wrong in the 265-yard game that Amari Cooper put on them. But you mentioned the injuries, and I think with Will Anderson hobbled, I'm sure he's going to try and give it a go, and Jonathan Gernard unable to rush the passer. Can Houston do enough to try and slow down the vertical passing attack? Because Cleveland wasn't great down-to-down, but they were able to hunt the explosive. I mean, if you're D'Amico Ryans, you're probably rolling 17 men in coverage and saying if you're going to beat us a second time, it's not going to be because of what Amari Cooper does. But on the other side, that man coverage that Cleveland plays, C.J. Stroud has struggled immensely. He's outside the top 20 and expected points added against that coverage scheme. And Jim Schwartz is going to make life difficult. But there was an injury this morning for the Browns that we're going to want to monitor. Denzel Ward nicked up in practice. If he can't go, that would be a massive loss in the defensive backfield. Uh, so we'll monitor and pay attention to that. No strong opinion for me here. I do think Joe Flacco, though, has a chance to continue some of the offensive assault that we've seen and would look at his passing yardage over the total. Yeah, it's been impressive, and it's a good note about C.J. He's done much better against zone, uh, and you're probably going to see a lot of man out of Jim Schwartz this weekend. How about Dolphins Chiefs? I asked Yurko this yesterday. You know, maybe if it was like 25 degrees, you'd say, boy, it really favors Kansas City because, you know, Miami's got to go and play in, in a cold environment. When it's like minus five, I, I don't know that it benefits anybody. How do you start to look at <laughs> Dolphins Chiefs? And here's another rematch from earlier in the year. It was kind of an ugly game that they played in Germany back in November. Uh, I mean, for the Chiefs, their offense probably can't get worse, even yeah. if they're playing in 30 below, given what we've seen. And the offense that we kept thinking was just going through the malaise, a little bit of a doldrum, hasn't turned itself around uh, whatsoever. So that's the $100 million question. Will it look better knowing they're going up against the Dolphins defense that's down not one, not two, not three, but five key contributors on the defensive side of the ball, impact players. When we look at Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, Xavier Howard, Jerome Baker. So it puts an onus on some of the depth guys. They went to the retirement home. They brought in a couple players in yeah. Justin Houston, Bruce Irvin, and others to try and contribute. And we'll see exactly how Kansas City chooses to attack them because we know Vic Fangio won't be able to run the defense the way he's drawn it up. And you saw the more aggressive blitz tendencies last week against Buffalo. On the other side, Miami trending up offensively. I expect Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert to be out there. You mentioned the weather, the narrative about Tua struggling in the cold, and rightfully so. But has that been baked into the number here? This game opened three. We're now out to four and a half, a little bit of no man's land. If you didn't lay three, tough to lay four and a half now with the Chiefs. Maybe if you like that side, you explore the first half, hoping that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy come out with an airtight game script because the Chiefs have been significantly better in the first half than they have been for the full game. I think that's the only way to look at it. Could make a slight case to go under the total, but personally would wait to see if Mostert and Waddle were upgraded so I could go under a total a little bit higher than where the market currently sits. All right, good note on the first half, maybe two, and the Chiefs did storm out to a 21 nothing lead in that Germany game. One of those was that uh, that fumble recovery that uh, Tyree Kill coughed up. So one of those was a defensive touchdown in that game back in Germany. How about Steelers-Bills? I mean, the big story here, of course, is T.J. Watt being out. It's incredible. Since he came into the league and joined Pittsburgh, they're 1-10 without him. And I know if you dive deep into some of the analytics, uh, they're just a, a different pass-rushing team with him on and off the field, aren't they? And this is an average defense with T.J. Watt, and they become a below-average defense without him and his disruptive tendencies coming off of the edge because you can do, many, do so many different things when you're scheming up uh, 
offensively, both running the football and throwing. The big storyline here, guys, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know as you look at the weather forecast for mm-hmm. Chicago this weekend, is the kind of impact that that's going to have. We've seen the total open at 43, professional better Sunday night, immediately bet this thing under multiple numbers. Their cutoff was kind of at that 37-38 threshold, but you still saw under money coming in. So if you're trying to go under at the current juncture, you need to wait until kickoff and maybe go after a derivative market at 17.5, hoping that the forecast when CBS starts to show visuals is as bad as it appears. If the weather forecast isn't bad, I can tell you that you're going to have people lining up to bet this thing over because Buffalo does have a path to move the football on the ground and through the air with their offense. Uh, But wind, snow, and all of those elements change the handicap. What's interesting, though, when you look at all the under money that's come in, we haven't seen the side move at all. We've pretty much been stuck at 10. I do think uh, if the weather is as bad as anticipated, you'll see money come in on the Steelers just because of the correlation with a double-digit dog and a low total, knowing that Pittsburgh won't be afraid to run it. But for me, no investment yet. I hope Mother Nature smiles upon that lake effect snow, and we have a chance to go over a reduced total at 35.5. Todd Furman's our guest, the Bet the Board podcast. Follow him on X at Todd Furman. It's Carmen and York on ESPN Chicago. And, uh, of course, watch us on YouTube today and every day on the station's YouTube page. Packers-Cowboys, a ninth all-time meeting in the postseason between these two storied franchises. They're 4-4 four and four against each other. The big man over here was on the, the wrong side of a couple of those back in the 90s. The Packers have actually won nine of the last ten meetings overall, though. They've really had the better yeah. of this rivalry. Dallas, the story here <laughs> at home, incredible. An NFL best 21-5 and five straight up since the start of 2021. They've become, and they cover a lot, too. They win by margin a lot. Uh, whoever thought that AT&T Stadium, that Jerry World, would be such a strong home field advantage for the Cowboys? Uh, they've been outstanding, and even better when they're favorites uh, of seven-plus points. And I know that trend may not apply here as a seven-and-a-half. We're cleared out a little bit earlier today. We're kind of looking at the game painted seven across the board. No real movement on the total at 50-and-a-half. And, uh, and you mentioned how good Dallas has been. This is a team that has the weight of the world on their shoulders. We know that they've played in the playoffs 12 straight times without getting to a conference championship game, trying to get back there for the first time since 1995. Home field advantage, now a real thing at Jerry's World. But this is a Packers team who ignorance is bliss. Didn't expect to be here the way the season started. Jordan Love has been outstanding. 18-1 to touchdown-interception ratio, uh, while Green Bay has riled off six wins in their final eight games to get here. Addition by subtraction, no A.J. Dillon means more touch for Aaron Jones, and anybody who plays fantasy football or watches the Packers knows that Jones adds a different element that Dylan can't replicate. You look at the youth at the receiving room, and Love has done it without having the same consistent cast in that passing attack. I look at Dallas, though. They do have a path to being able to move the football. I know Green Bay healthier defensively, but CeeDee Lamb is a matchup nightmare, so I'm curious to see what Joe Barry does there. I can understand why there's money that's coming in on Green Bay. We know Mike McCarthy, if the game gets tight, Play calling leaves a little bit to be desired. And one thing, if you're inclined to put yourself on the side of the house, the books that I've spoken to, guys, have told me this will be one of the biggest liability games because everybody looking to try and tie Dallas in terms of a teaser or a money line parlay leg into some of their exotics this weekend. No strong sentiment for me here, but should be a fun game to watch. And I would lean over passing completions for Jordan Love. I think there are multiple paths for Green Bay to get there. All right, very good. How about uh, Rams-Lions? Love the story with... Stafford going back to Detroit. I love this Lions offense at home, obviously. And it's a Rams defense that, quite frankly, I thought was going to be terrible with all they lost. Uh, They've trended in a better direction in the second half of the season. Still finished 20th overall in defense in EPA per play. So how do the Rams slow down the Lions at home? 
I'm not really sure they can. I think the Rams' offense is going to be their best recipe to try and keep this game competitive. When you look at the Rams, uh, you mentioned it. I mean, the secondary leaves a lot to be desired. And and safety Jordan Fuller, day-to-day dealing with an ankle injury. We'll see if he's able to go. I mean, this is a Rams group who gave up big plays by the boatload. They've allowed seven passing touchdowns and throws of 20-plus air yards over the last five games, most in the NFL after allowing two in the first 12 games of the season. When you look at Akilah Witherspoon and Quinton Lake, these guys aren't lockdown cover corners, and you have to imagine that Jared Goff is going to want to exact his measure of revenge for an organization that sent him packing. Amon Ross St. Brown should have a big day there. Getting Jamison Williams back as a deep threat will help immensely. But both of these teams want to run the football, and that's been the key to the Rams' success. When they got Kyron Williams back in the fold, it created balance. They were able to operate off of play action. So when I look at a total this large, there's no doubt we're going to see some offensive fireworks. But if either one of these teams gets a lead and wants to shorten the game, you could see sand kind of flowing through that hourglass rather quickly. So I'll lean under the total ever so slightly at 51 and a half. Uh, we've seen some professional money coming on the Rams. The three and a half and four is cleared out. But I do think if this number does trend towards a soft three or even a two and a half, you'll see a difference of opinion start to enter on Detroit. All right. Uh, and then we'll get to our last one here. Uh, limp to the finish for the Philadelphia Eagles, to say the least. Uh, just one and five down the stretch. The one win was against uh, uh, not a very good Giants team. I cannot believe I won my Eagles under 11 and a half. I just simply <laughs> cannot believe it. Uh, thank you, Brian Dable, for that Week 18 performance. Uh, what do we think of the final game on Monday night between, I don't know, I just this is like a weird game for me. I don't think Tampa's all that good, no disrespect, and the Eagles just really, with a bunch of injuries now, just really limp to the finish line, Todd. Good clean living for you going under 11.5 there. I mean, I felt I had to dodge a bullet with the Arizona Cardinals missing two field goals to cash that under 4.5. Don't worry, the gambling gods got their revenge, though. Josh McDaniels got fired way too early in what I thought should have been a rocking chair with the Raiders. That upset win at Arrowhead on Christmas uh, did not allow me to cash that ticket despite having the best of it at 7.5 from the spring. You look at this game here, you mentioned the Eagles limping to the finish, and they're working against a bit of history. They'll become the sixth team in the league to make the playoffs after losing five of their final six regular season games. None of those teams have won multiple playoff games. And I'm not sure the Eagles can necessarily right the ship. The scary part about this, if you do get the Eagles A game, they ain't a three-point favorite against Tampa. They're much higher than that. But current form with Tampa getting healthier on the defensive side should bode well here. I do have some concerns about Baker Mayfield, who was limping around against the Panthers. And while a lot of people will say, well, Tampa only scored nine points against Carolina, that Panthers defense, gentlemen, is significantly better than what we're going to see from the Eagles this weekend. But you do have a rash of injuries for Philly offensively. Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown much, if at all, dealing with a splinted finger. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, not 100%. DeAndre Swift dealing with an illness. I think we're going to see an ugly defensive-minded game, especially early as these two teams are stubborn and may try and oppose their will physically, running the football to protect their defenses. Uh, I like the game under in the first half. Do shop around, though. This is the closest thing we have to a best bet uh, for our listeners today. Under 21 would kind of be my cutoff, although from a mathematical standpoint, you don't lose a whole heck of a lot at 20.5 versus 21, uh, but that's the threshold to look for. Shop and grab that three touchdowns. All right, so under 21 would probably be the best bet you were saying in the Monday night game. Is that right, for the first half? Yep, that's there. Uh, Look, I wish there was a three-pack. There are a lot of props uh, on a short list, and those are much smaller positions for us. I mentioned Jordan Love, over 21.5 pass completions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that makes some sense. 
Uh, and given the elements that we're going to see and Buffalo's tendency to run their quarterback in high leverage situations, I think Josh Allen rushing attempts at eight and a half makes a world of sense. Wouldn't be surprised if him and James Cook kind of split that workload there. Uh, so those two props would be the closest things we have to best bets. But again, those are smaller percentages of a lot of the stuff that we've given out on the air over the course of the season with full game side totals. Excellent nuggets. Good breakdown, buddy. Enjoy the first weekend, and we'll talk about the divisional round next Thursday, okay? Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And you know what? If you can, make sure to grab those Caleb Williams jerseys fresh off the press long before ready? all the Bears fans are trying to grab them uh, in advance of the draft. Get Please. ready, baby. Here we go. The hype is going to be crazy. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. You got it, gentlemen. Best of luck with all your picks this weekend. You too. There's Todd Furman at Todd Furman on X. Follow his podcast as well and listen wherever you get your pods, the Bet the Board podcast. So uh, closest thing to a best bet, under shop around under 21 first half in the Monday night game, the Eagles at the Bucks. I like the love over 21 and a half completions too. I'm with them on that. Uh, all right, coming up, uh, we'll grab a few more phone calls. I want to maybe talk to you about something real briefly from the Bulls game last night. We're going to cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie at 2. It's Carmen in New York. We'll be right back. Working from home or back in the office? Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Bulls had an interesting game last night. Blew a lead. Went to overtime. Won. They had to come back in overtime. I love Shangoon. I've liked Shangoon for a while. I love watching Shangoon from the uh, Houston Rockets, Yurko. In case you were wondering who they beat. Who Alper and Shangoon was. Yeah, they did. They beat the Rockets. The, the best story for the Bulls continues to be Kobe White in another 30-point game. Kobe's shooting 40% from distance, not turning the ball over a ton. It's been, it's been great. Nice. Like, I mean, it's been a great story. It's the fourth year, right, for Kobe White? This is Kobe's fourth year? Fourth year? That sounds right. Am I right? Yeah. Third or fourth? Fourth, yeah, fourth year. year, I think. It's okay. It's his fourth year. And he's come to fruition. At least we still kept him, you know, unlike you let marketing go. At least you still have Kobe White. Yeah, Marketing's. I still don't know that Marketing's a winning it. player. Yeah, anyway, Utah. But, yeah. Giving up 20 yeah. points a game. Uh, so, Zach, this, this is, Kendall Gill came out swinging on the postgame last Let's night. Let's hear it. Right Let's after the it. game. Take a listen. Y'all want to trade Zach Levine now? <laughs> don't do this. Don't you, got, you, guys, you guys, all you guys scream to trade Zach, you guys want to trade him now? Okay. Look, I know this game. I've been, I've been in this game for 45 years. Okay. You need thoroughbreds to run. Okay, that guy is a thoroughbred. You see what he did tonight? Look at his line. 25 points. Rebounded. 13 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals. Don't tell me he can't come and integrate his talents in what the Bulls have been doing prior to his, uh, while he was injured. Okay? Zach Levine is a great player, two-time All-Star, Olympian. If you're going to trade that guy, you better get a hell of a lot for him. Come on, Kendall. Thoroughbred. Thoroughbred. How, how many times have the Bulls made the playoffs in the Zach Levine era? Is it once? I mean, like the top eight or the, the play-in? The playoffs. No, the playoffs. Not once. the play-in. Yeah. Come on, Kendall. What's Kendall they, doing? They've made the playoffs once. What's the stat Sylvie had? He's the losingest player in the history of the league. Is that in the, right? In the history, like with a minimum of five hundred like games of the world. He's got no. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm saying he's it. got like the lowest winning percentage of NBA, any NBA player ever with a minimum. I think the minimum was like five hundred games. That's that that Sylvie had. Now we're going to get yelled at on the post game show that Zach Levine. No, needs to be you're kept. not being not yelled at. You're being lectured. You're not being yelled at. Come Carm, on, Kendall. because he never raised his voice. Kendall Gill never That's raised true, his voice. That's true. Being lectured. 
You're being lectured. He's telling you they could be important cog, but that shit, that's just it. He could be a piece of something. He can't be the guy. So I think that's what Kendall's telling you, too. Kendall's giving you an insight that he could be a piece of something, right? You can't trade Zach Levine? Unless he's, he's not, he doesn't want to trade, trade. He said you can trade him, but you've got to get a lot for him. That's what he said. He said if you're going to trade him, you have to get a lot for him. You can't just give them away. The, the word is that there's no market. There's no I, market. I, I'm surprised by that. I told you that last yeah. week. That surprises me a little, as, as disappointing as Zach has been. Well, Kendall and, and Jason Goff talked, talked about that a little bit, too, last night. If he can do this, now I know he's not going to do this every night, right. but if he can come where, clo- somewhere close to this, th- this guy is a valuable asset to this team. You know, I know he's a valuable asset to other teams, too. Right. Right. I prefer for him to do it right here. Right. I, I, I never believe the whole he has no trade value or trade market thing. It, it, you got to kick the tires again. And he is out there showing people that, you know, one, people are going to be looking at him. How long can you stay healthy? Right. And yeah. also, you know, what numbers are you putting up? Will this team win with you back on the team? So I think that trade value talk was a little um, overstated, to be honest with you. I, I kind of agree with Jason there. And I think you do keep kicking the tires if you want to trade him. He's playing well. You might as well go out there and try it again. It's probably no secret why Zach's all of a sudden like really trying to ramp things up, too. I think he wants out of here. OK, yeah. well, I mean, he's got to impress people again. Yeah, there's got to be a market that comes around for Zach, right? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a like a fringy playoff team somewhere. Cavs are up by 17. Do you know that? The Cavs are? Yeah, they're up by 17. They're playing now? Yeah. I didn't know that. Were they playing somewhere You're else? You're an NBA fan. I didn't know that. They're, they're play- playing in Paris. They're in Paris. No, they're in Paris. Carm, hello? They played a game in London already, Carm, didn't they? you are an NBA fan. I, I'm sorry. I and, didn't, I'm not watching. Who are they playing? Brooklyn? I didn't today? tell you. You could watch something. You were doing a radio show they together. Yeah, the Cavs are up on the nets. I saw it going on. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? This is the second I, uh, international game they've played this yeah. year. And I, I didn't even realize it was on. I, I was simply thought we were watching replays from oh, yesterday. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah we this is live. On. I didn't know that either. Live in, um, in there, Paris, France. I do think there's got to be some market out there, though, at some point for Zach, as we get closer and closer and like a fringy playoff team starts to think about it. I really do. I agree with Goff on that. All right, we'll cross talk coming up in two minutes. Oh, man, we should play the whole Darko rant, too. But uh, Darko, Rajokovic has the final word. We should play the whole rant with Waddle and Sylvie. Here you go. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. You had to have the last word. On Carmen and Yurko. And what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. 